the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so empty without me. All right, so this is the second installation of my Dr. Jerome Corsi going over his new book, The Truth About Our Energy and Climate Change. I think it is an earth-shattering book. I think it's a game-changer, because I never understood, I never bought into the idea that the fossil fuel story was telling us. It wasn't that they were just wrong for 70 years. To me, there was something more nefarious afoot. And that is, I believe that they've been lying about the premise of oil. This makes far more sense to me. And I wanted to bring on Dr. Jerome Corsi to talk about the ways it really kind of manifests when you have this corporate government collusion and how they can control the industry and branch off into new industries and make money. Is that fair to say? I think, um, Sean, you got it exactly right. I mean, in my new book on this, the, the truth on energy, uh, global warming, and climate change, uh, I'm really making it clear that oil is a natural product of the earth. And the science in this is very strong. It's not fossil fuel. No organic material ever made oil. And uh, what I want to focus on today is this uh, chapter four, in, in which I go through, I think, very detailedly that we've already tried this Green New Deal idea. We've already, under Barack Obama, spent billions of dollars in taxpayer money on green energy projects, which are basically solar energy, solar electricity, or wind turbine electricity. And unless these projects had government surplus money. They weren't economically viable. And the failures, the loss of public money, the Obama years ought to make it clear to everyone that we shouldn't repeat the mistake a second time with a Biden administration Green New Deal. And that's what the whole purpose of this chapter is, to detail how bad an idea, how bad an economic idea these uh, alternative energies are. They just simply don't work. What I've witnessed my experience and also from being from Chicago and being involved in the commodity industry for decades, they have the perfect system of subsidized economic scandal and fraud set up. And that system is green energy. To me, it is just the vessel in which the corrupt aspects of, of Wall Street and the corrupt money laundering system that is the American government really has an industry to thrive on. They have the front end, they have the back end, and they have the middle. And this is what you cover in this chapter, 
Is it not? Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I say they don't work, I mean that, yes, you can make electricity out of solar energy or wind turbines, but you can't scale them to the point where they will power a major city like Chicago or New York or Los Angeles or, you know, they, they, they can serve a purpose. But in the same with wind turbines, they, they, they're not powerful enough. And, and then I show in the Obama years, I, I think it's the, what I call the Solyndra phenomenon, yeah, which syndrome, is that, yeah. you know, we, you know, Solyndra was one of the, you know, Solyndra syndrome is one of these boondoggles in which we spent huge amounts of money, you know, millions and millions of dollars in loan guarantees. And, um, Vice President then Joe Biden was the one who announced that the Department of Energy this was in 2009. You know, I just finalized a $535 million loan guarantee for Solyndra, which was supposed to have this new solar photovoltaic panel. And they were going to work, and we're going to produce this huge amount of electricity to power 24,000 homes a year. Well, it didn't work. I mean, it. it you know, Solyndra said that they were going to hire 3,000 new people in construction and a thousand people to maintain the plant. And then it, it fell apart. 2011, it went bankrupt. And uh, of course, the Department of Energy blamed that on the fact that China could produce cheaper solar panels. But, but the point is, every single one of these projects that the Obama administration tried failed. They're not economically viable. And there are also limitations, scientific limitations, but we shouldn't repeat the, the failure. But there's something that I recognize being from where I'm from and looking at it from the side of the fraudster. And that's kind of where I'm looking at this and where I looked at it back then. The idea that they have something called a loan guarantee for $535 million, it never really had to work. It has an ambiguity to it. And that money is guaranteed by the American government. And all they need is a prospectus that an accredited investor wouldn't look at. They have a story to tell. And they tell the story, and you cover it in your book, that they're going to uh, uh, provide power for 24,000 homes uh, for over half a million homes eventually in 2009 if they only get this operation going. And they virtually hire no one. They produce nothing. And the $535 million went poof. Did anyone go to jail for this? No. And, you know, the amount of money is staggering. And <laughs> by 2015, the Obama administration was subsidizing solar and wind energy to the tune of about $39 billion a year. And, you know, over a five-year period, the Obama administration, with federal subsidies, lost nearly $200 billion. They financed some 34 faltering or bankrupt energy companies, Solyndra, there's a whole list of names, Abound Solar Manufacturing. I mean, it goes on and on. Fisker Automotives. These companies all crashed and burned. And uh, again, I think it's because when you look at the technology, the technology is not powerful enough, and it requires storage, which is also environmentally hazardous, but it makes the use of these energies, the solar renewable and wind renewable, much less efficient 
and hydrocarbon fuels. No, and in most cases, in particular with wind, the windmill itself doesn't break even for 21 years and has a life expectancy of 20 years. It's an unmitigated failure, unless, of course, you're in on this financing aspect of it because the venture capital companies that put in their money, they were bailed out by the federal loan guarantees. To double down on stupid, learning this from your book, $30 billion in financing to Chinese solar manufacturers, that's 20 times more than U.S.-backed loans to solar manufacturers. I mean, so at a certain point, they're not even interested in private sector money. They're interested in getting the mission statement out so you can get a bunch of support from a bunch of ignoramuses that don't understand what we're really doing is laundering public money into the form of either boondoggle companies here in America or in the worst-case scenario, which we've been doing for at least 15 years, Chinese alternative energy companies that are profiting and buying politicians with the overage. Have I missed something? No, not at all. And then at the same time, the Biden administration is canceling this Keystone Pipeline, and that had the prospect for about 11,000 American jobs in 2021 alone. And, you know, instead we're now facing horrendous increases in gasoline. And uh, President Biden is saying, well, it's good for you. Maybe this will force us to use alternative energies. Alternative energy future, wind and solar, is a future of diminished economic activity lower standards of living, higher prices of fuel for everybody. I mean, you know, how are you going to basically provide heat and air conditioning for a population of 350 million people with solar and wind? How much land are you going to have to use? How many batteries are you going to have to create? And it's going to be inefficient. So it's a boondoggle idea, and the Obama administration you know, prove that. I don't want to go through another Solyndra syndrome to reprove that these energies don't work on a massive scale. And one thing you cover in your book that I think people forget about is there actually were investigations. Unfortunately, those investigations were by our very own government. And on August 24th, 2015, you write about Gregory Friedman, the DOE inspector general. Um, he issues a report blaming the bankruptcy on Solyndra's management. And then what happens? So he issues the, okay, I found the culprit. It's Solyndra's management. Aren't they in the wind with hundreds of millions that they've absconded with? Did anyone, and, and really, I find this to be aggravating. I'm, you know, I, I am lucky enough to have an advanced copy of your book. I don't see where anybody goes to jail and gets sentenced for 45 years for stealing from the people here. Uh, nobody does. <laughs> nobody goes to jail. And, uh, in fact, the Democrats were funding a lot of their buddies and their supporters and patrons. And then when it came to the carbon emissions tax scheme, uh, the architect of this was Franklin Raines. Well, he was a former Clinton administration budget director and a housing advisor to Barack Obama. And, and Raines earned $90 million managing his CEO, Fannie Mae, for, for the years... 1999 up to 2004, he resigned in disgrace. Five he, years, $90 million. I really don't care what anyone thinks of me when you got $90 million in five years. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he created the, he owned the patents, Franklin Raines did, for the carbon tax you know, and credit scheme. So the Democrats were planning to cash in 
owning the carbon exchange. Uh, and in the entire green jobs, uh, remember Obama was talking about shovel-ready, we're going to have green jobs. They were all a hoax. We, we didn't have shovel-ready jobs. We didn't produce the thousands and thousands of jobs that were promised. And I detail all the different promises made on green jobs. You know, and Obama goes in 2012, he visits his Copper Mountain solar project in Boulder City, Nevada, and they take pictures of it. It was going to uh, provide 1 million solar panels to provide energy for 17,000 homes. Well, uh, again, the, that facility ended up employing only 10 or 20 people. Ultimately, it went bankrupt. That the, you know, the, this entire industry has collapsed, even with massive government support, which ought to indicate to people uh, it isn't economically viable. Uh, and the hysteria, you know, you've got uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying the, win the world's going to end in 12 years. She said that in 2019, you know, and so many of the young people listening to these messages come to think that if we don't end up, you know, we don't quit using hydrocarbon fuel, they're not going to have an earth to live on. Yeah. But uh, again, the point of my book is to prove that we can burn hydrocarbon fuels safely and the carbon dioxide is not the driver scientifically of the earth's climate. It's a trace element that has very, very small impact uh, on the earth's weather and climate. But again, this, all of these renewable energy projects turn out to be giveaways and the bottom line agenda is anti-capitalist, anti-living a standard of life that Americans have come, become accustomed to and that we ought to be able to share around the world. So I want to do, uh, this is not in your book, but this is an experience that you and I have and I want to share my experience with you. You had mentioned the guy's name who had patented the idea of the cap-and-trade system. What was his name again? Franklin Raines. Franklin Raines. Okay, so in 2003, there was going to be a climate exchange, an actual exchange in the city of Chicago. At that time, I was trading in the S&P pit. There was, I had cleared a company called Fortis. Fortis was one of the private banks in Europe, and they wanted to get in on this. They invited me to go to a seminar in which they were going to tell me about this new trading pit, and they were incentivizing market makers because they needed market makers, and it was this cap-and-trade ridiculous system. At that time, it was promoted under the green energy. It was touted because he, I saw him for the scandalous fraud he was. Al Gore was behind that along with Franklin and along with a very well-known Republican, Hank Paulson. The American people missed by a, by a very narrow margin having that bill passed. And if that bill would have passed, there would have been a cap-and-trade exchange as part of the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. At that time, they were taking over the Board of Trade. And that would have happened. I remember trying to tell everybody I could that if this happens, you are going to eventually be taxed to breathe. If they were able to implement a tax and or a cap-and-trade system and they start at the big companies, is there any reason the American people should believe it won't eventually trickle down to the individual and what he produces as far as CO2? Or isn't that always the scheme to get a little wedge in and then have it expand massively, like income tax? 
Well, I show in the book that the part of this whole green energy scheme is to put regulators on your house. And if you're using too much heat or too much you know, natural gas to you know, electricity, uh, the utility companies will have the ability to shut you off. They, they can regulate your meter, smart meters. And again, you talk about the Chicago Exchange, that whole scheme, the Franklin Rain scheme, and he was in cahoots with the Cantor Fitzgerald. They had created a right. broker-dealer. They created the Cantor CO2E exchange, and they were going to produce these collateralized carbon obligations, which would be securities, and they were going to sell those. Again, th- this was a way for the Democrats and their buddies to make literally millions selling basically taxing the air we breathe with with carbon credits and if you didn't you know get buy your carbon credits you were emitting too much carbon dioxide well then you could be penalized and they were going to bundle all these carbon credits into securities and sell them on the exchange and trade them well the collateralized mortgage is collapsed 2009 i mean this this again is another big scheme mm-hmm. and, and the point is that when you get down to it, we have 540 million years ago, going back last past 540 million years, we probably have today the coolest environment in the last 540 million years and the least carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. And the idea that adding a few parts per million, which is minuscule, you know, the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is like, you know, point zero 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 three percent. I mean, it's it's a it's a trace element, and the idea that that's the thermostat, the driver of the entire climate system, is absolutely nonsense. But all seems to get us not to use hydrocarbon fuels are predicated on the fact that we're going to destroy ourselves, we're going to destroy the planet if we keep burning hydrocarbon fuels, and it's complete scientific nonsense. The piece that I felt they were missing when they were able to fight off these terrible ideas in the, in the Obama years, the piece that I felt they were missing was that even though we had spikes in oil and gas, they were very short-lived. Now we have uh, the Joe Biden incompetent administration in. We are 18 months in. Inflation is unprecedented. The rest of it, you know the story, the, the death and the rest of it. Gas is never going to come down while Joe Biden is president. In fact, it's very likely that it'll be $9 by the time he's done a gallon. And I'm just specifically talking about gas because that affects everybody. Oil, who knows? It could be 200 as predicted by some of the Wall Street guys. If they are to maintain, which is the goal in my opinion, a very expensive oil market, will not the American people be more susceptible to this swindle as they're just going to look for anything as a relief? I mean, we saw what the... The cult of safety and the pan uh, are the people who are, are looking for any kind of answers during a pandemic. We see what they're susceptible to. Is there any reason to think we can fight it off in the future, or are you more pessimistic unless more people get the fact and objective, unarguable fact from your book and other scientists out there fighting against the lies? Well, the reason I've written this book, and it's it, the truth about energy global climate change and global warming global warming 
and uh, you can see it on Amazon. But the point is, I, I wanted to give you the science facts. I mean, this, this is twice the length of my normal books. A thousand footnotes, mostly out of scientific journals. And you'll see I go through the science very clearly to make it make people understand how complex the climate is and how it acts to regulate the temperature of the earth to move heat around. And it is not designed to be such that we can make it to our perfect liking. I mean, what's the perfect temperature? The point is, we live in an environment where carbon dioxide has been demonized, and scientifically, carbon dioxide increases after the Earth gets warm. It doesn't cause it. It's not a climate driver in terms of the science. And uh, these alternative energies, which are touted, including electric cars, you're doing more damage to the environment with the batteries. Uh, you're finding they don't really work. I mean, uh, people are now spending hours and hours getting these cars recharged at charging stations because you it takes so long to recharge. It's not an efficient, solar and wind energies are not efficient to run mass societies on. And hydrocarbon fuels are abundant, they're cheap, and they can be burned safely. That's the message of my book. Now, I know I'm going to be demonized. I invite the attack, and I would be happy to debate on the scientific issues, the validity of everything I'm saying in this book. Well, and what I like about it is that you're you're doing something that the, as I call them, the eco-Nazis, as the New Green Deal, as the American Mafia Democrats don't do, is you're going back not thousands of years, not hundreds of years, thousands of years. You're going back literally millions and millions of years. Is that correct? Yes. I go back into, you know, the Earth is 4.65 billion years old. I'm showing you that we've had five major extinctions. I detail them. There were 80% of the Earth's history, there was nothing living on the surface of the Earth. 80% of the time. The Earth has gone through dramatic changes. The extinctions were caused by massive cataclysmic events, not just slow, a little bit more carbon in the air, creating a mass extinction, you know, the scientists say this is nonsense. The, you know, for the disappearance of the dinosaurs, a massive comet hit in the Yucatan, an asteroid that wiped out huge amounts of the living creatures on the Earth, and a time of great cataclysmic floods occurring in, in India and Southeast Asia. If, uh, these were earthquakes and flooding that was massive in nature, earth changes. The earth was fundamentally changing. And I even show there's evidence for the expansion of the earth, that the earth did not just simply remain its current size, but it expanded dramatically in geological time. People imagine that the earth is a stable place. In geological history, the earth has had massive changes, but they aren't from slight impacts like having a few more parts per million of carbon dioxide put into the atmosphere. Uh, that's just that, that's scientific nonsense, and it creates an hysteria, which, as you point out, Sean, is what fear of you know, destroying the planet, all these climate changes and catastrophes, which you know, Al Gore predicts that never happen. You know, the polar bears are still around. The ice caps haven't gone away. The oceans have not risen up and destroyed New York City. I mean, all these fears are basically just hysteria. 
And the data that the Al Gore cultists are using is really data that, aside from being cherry-picked, which we know it is and everyone knows it is, it actually is based on going back to, what, 1885? And that's it? Yes. So yep. they're looking through a keyhole at the Mona Lisa a thousand yards away trying to describe her smile. Is that fair enough? Yeah, that, and, and all of the idea that it's global warming comes from just a few years of recent history. You know, the, the fact is the Earth has, is cooler today. I mean, first of all, you had a, you know, the great cooling. You had the great cooling in the Little Ice Age, about 18,000 years ago when it started. It ended, ended around after Napoleon's time. And from then, the Earth has been warming. But the last 300 years have actually been a cooling cycle, not a warming cycle. It's interrupted by periods when it looks like you know, it's warmer. But those are a few years. On time series analysis, you can't take from millions of years, a snapshot of five or six years, and say that's a trend. That's a blip. Of course not. Of course uh, the not. statistical analysis of the global warming movement is completely flawed. I demonstrate that in this book. Well, that's, this, is, this is what I love about it. I also love another thing you do in Chapter 4, because I think this is, the, is something that even people who have considered themselves to be Democrats in the past, who have considered themselves to even be communists in the past, this is something that should irritate every single American. And that, to me, is the financial skullduggery that takes place in this movement. You tackle something that no one tackles, but everyone should when you're talking about the green agenda, and that is the export-import bank, the fraud, the financial fraud perpetrated by always the same players. I mean, I feel like I'm reading the books that talked about the, uh, the scandal and the financing of all the wars that go back to World War I and even before. These are Al Gore, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and other oligarchs in the Democrat mafia, and even some in the Republican, that seem to love the idea we are able to financially overthrow small countries with this misinformation. We've been very successful. There, tell the people about the, the scandal in the Spanish Solyndra scandal with uh, these big oh, American oligarchs. That's another whole. We, we lost millions of dollars in the Spanish version of Solyndra. Hundreds you know, of millions. When you yeah. talk about the Democrats' involvement, I write a whole section in Chapter 4 on you know, Majority Speaker House Harry Reid, who had this big scam out in Nevada where he came from, where he partnered with China. And with China, he was going to take massive areas of Nevada to create solar energy and deal with the Chinese and the solar panels. And, and then he went to take this rangeland that was been open to farmers for generations. For he le- he, I, re- I remember when he did this, he leveraged his political power to beat down the price. Him and his sons acquire it, and they pitch it and act as a, as a flip brokerage to China. Am I right? That's exactly what happened. I mean, it's, I detail, I give you the sources, I go through the press reports, you know, how they tried to acquire land, the uh, Reed and his, and his sons, how they had manipulated the entire market. They were encouraging the regulators in the state to impose regulations where, you know, the utilities had to use solar power. And then Harry Reid tried to corner the solar power market in Nevada, so all the profit money 
yeah. including these panels, solar panels, came to him and his family. Yeah, I'm well versed in, in, in the Mormon mafia in Las Vegas and Harry Reid's checkered past with the Chicago mafia. And, you know, I've witnessed smash and grabs. We all saw it with Barack Obama and for education as he used regulation to smash Phoenix College and the rest of it. And his friends came in and bought it and they magically go up. But it's hard to see it in land. You almost have to tip your hat to that Mormon scoundrel, Harry Reid. He was very successful in hiding from the public just the links and the profit that his family made in the mission to save the planet it seems to be very profitable if you're on the inside. Well, but you know, Harry Reid had schemes. He was going to create a uh, solar panel plant to take a 9,000 acre desert plot in Nevada, mm-hmm. and they were going to build all uh, this power plant that was going to make solar panels, and he had the Chinese involved in it, and uh, that's how they were going to make. It was not only going to control the production of the solar power. He's going to make the solar panel. The Chinese were going to partner with him. And the whole thing fell apart because in the end, they could not produce the energy needed. And by the way, the state of Nevada didn't need it. And they couldn't sell the energy to the other states like they had planned to. China ultimately pulled out of this losing economic venture, which was really a boondoggle to gain Harry Reid's favor. Chinese are famous for doing this. And the final analysis, the commissioners of the power commissioners and the state legislatures in Nevada simply just said that these alternative energies were more expensive than fossil fuels. Uh, and Harry Reid couldn't get the price down to where they were competitive. And uh, we just didn't need the energy. So, again, it's a attempt to demonize hydrocarbon fuels in order to put in solar power and wind power where the Democrats control the political agenda and make the money in cahoots with with countries like China in order to profit personally. And the Democrats have that scheme by trying to create a hysterical fear among the American people about global warming and climate change that the science of climate weather doesn't support. Again, we're starting from the fact carbon dioxide is a trace element in the atmosphere and it is not a climate driver i have said for years to me the best thing you could do for the earth is to take the oil out of it it is the cleanest best way to provide the sustenance of our very existence and true progress and that is the old-fashioned earth oil we have to do something to make people understand it's not bad it's good it's meant for us to take out and we have managed to 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 turn it into millions and millions of different things it is something that is astonishing to me the ignorance of how important this sustenance, this life-saving sustenance is to humanity and how many human beings want to literally throw themselves back to primitive years where they're freezing in the, in, in the, in the winter and they're dying of heat in the summer. And they're, it's, it's just it's astonishing to me how ignorant. I think this book is going to change things because you go so in-depth as to name the patents. You've got the numbers. You've got how many footnotes in the book? Over a thousand footnotes in the book. Over a thousand footnotes. And, so you're beating them with the truth. That is the greatest weapon and the greatest shield. And this is what we have to have people understand. And these footnotes come from scientific journals. They come from mainstream media. I'm not, you know, quoting uh, people who are politically on one side of the battle or the other. I'm, I'm quoting the economists, uh, the the scientists. And showing you the actual history 
There has never, no country in the world, despite all this hysteria about renewable energy, is comfortably dependent in terms of its efficiency or its cost. And you see right now, as I predicted in the book, China's going back to coal. China's going, buying all the coal it can get all around the world. Yeah. Europe is just, just declared that, you know, they're not going to consider natural gas to be um, a hydrocarbon fuel is dangerous anymore because Europe, without natural gas, is going to freeze next winter. And the Europeans know it. They're desperate to buy, and prices are going through the roof, including in the United States. We Under President Trump, we were an exporter of oil and gas. We had become a leading producing nation of oil and gas in the world. We drove down prices, but uh, the Obama administration was the first, the Biden administration has followed and, you know, cutting off the ability of the oil companies to produce the oil and gas that we could produce, which could be an abundant and cheap fuel. Instead, we're being forced to pay outrageous prices for gasoline. Coming this winter, the, the heating bills are going to be extraordinary. People are going to be shocked. The inflation has gone through the roof. Yeah. And we're being told we should have solar panels to create to electric power for our cities. It, it won't work. It's ridiculous. And the mo- and the most one of the most disgusting things, I know it's not in your book, we just were lectured to by the Mexican president, who's really the president of a cartel nation, tell us about how he can help us by running pipelines, ironically, from Mexico to Arizona. It's unbelievable the position that um, the Democrats have put us in. And to me, it's always about the money. I'm doing some simple math here. Just during the Obama years, when you add up all of the waste, fraud, and abuse of which we have absolute jack to show for it, I count over a trillion dollars wasted on the Obama energy movement. It's almost as big of a failure as Obamacare. But this is some real serious money. And I don't know if anybody that was ever investigated. And when it shows up, the money just went poof. Am I wrong in my math? Or is this about a trillion dollars that Barack Obama uh, wasted in that eight-year period? Well, combine all the different programs, I'm sure you're right. I'm including Europe and the IMF Bank and all the rest of it. You're you're well well in the hundreds of billions. Well, how about all the trillions that the Biden administration has made up in deficit spending? Modern monetary theory—they've been printing money like crazy. And uh, the 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 point is that we are. This is an ideology. Yeah. It's a craze. It's like the mass hysteria that was you know the hunting down the witches and the. Middle, medieval period that, you know, the witch craze, the witch, witch hysteria. This is a, you know, a hydrocarbon fuel hysteria that is bizarre when you really understand the science. Uh, the, the, cloud, the, the clouds, the water currents, uh, even cosmic rays are much more important in driving whether the earth, uh, the, the climate and the weather of the earth than carbon dioxide. And, the fundamental point of our heat starts with the sun, which is also variant. Sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's burning cool. And uh, these are the major impacts. It's not something as minor as a trace element like carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. It is, um, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about all of the problems we face, um, the frauded data, the frauded science, the misused, misrepresented in order to invoke chaos and fear, and then you couple that with math that would make Enron blush. It's a pickle. 
Uh, well, let's cut it there. We're going to save it. I want to go into the next chapter. The name of the book is The Truth About Energy, Global Warming, and Climate Change. He is Dr. Jerome Corsi, and he is changing things. Everyone go get your advanced copy of the book because the truth is the weapon, is the shield. And that's what we are. We are in a war over freedom, liberty, in the name of a servitude slavery that's good for the earth. I don't buy it. I think they've been lying to us for 70 years. There has to be a reason they've been wrong for 70 years. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, Dr. Jerome, thank you for another interview. And I will talk to you very soon until we get through this book. I look look forward to our next interview. Thank you very much. I really greatly appreciate it. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.